Hey listeners, I'm Eric Taylor, and this is The Hair Game. I have a special guest with me to help me with the intro today. His name is Dutchie, and he's my son. Say hi. Hi. And how old are you? Um, six and a half, almost seven. That's right. You're going to turn seven soon, aren't you? Uh-huh. Okay. Do you like hanging out at Daddy's work? Yeah, it's fun. You get to draw and you get to eat ice cream, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have lots of ice cream in the kitchen. Okay, I'm going to read a review from last week. Uh, you guys left such great reviews. I, I want to read one of them. This is Colored in Chaos on Instagram, and I've got to be honest, I typically don't like podcasts, but I'm obsessed with listening to the hair game. It's so real and funny and easy to listen to, and I find myself going back after and writing down different things I hear to apply them not only to my salon life, but my life in general. It's very relatable. Thank you, Chaos, for that awesome review. Okay, we're gonna do now the Podloot giveaway. This is 150 bucks to spend on Amazon.com. Okay, you are going to reach in there. Dutchie's gonna do the honors. So you're gonna reach in the bag, Okay, and then pull that out and read the name. Can you read that? Amy the Hair Cutter. Amy the, good job. Amy the Hair Cutter, you have won 150 bucks to spend on Amazon, Amazon.com. DM me at Taylor and send me your email. At the end of the show, I'll tell you what next week's Pod Loot giveaway will be. Dutchie, you want to hang around for the outro too? Um, yeah. Okay, now to Kimberly Ibbotson. Kimberly Ibbotson. Yes. Also known as... Kimberly Tay Hair. Kimberly Tay Hair. Welcome. You, you and I have known each other for probably like, what, a year at least? I think I met you officially last year at this event. So, okay. Yeah, there it was you the go. first time in person meeting you. So. That's right. And yeah. were you part of the, you were part of the round table, weren't you? I was. Yes. And that was, oh my gosh, I was thrown into that and that was, it was exciting. Nerve wracking, yeah. but it was exciting. And one of the things I love, actually, before I go into what I loved about you, I'm going to introduce you to the audience. Okay. So you're a downtown LA hairdresser. I am. Newly Very. minted downtown LA hairdresser. Uh, B3 artist mm-hmm. and behind the chair artist. Yes. Anything else? Um, I actually just uh, started working directly with Pulp Riot too. So awesome. color line I've been really proud to use for about two years now. Um, like in January, they reached out. So yeah, it's exciting. Have they put you on the road yet? Um, I'm going to Mexico with them in a few months, which is exciting. And hopefully, you know, get some... Uh, film work with them in the next few weeks actually so stay tuned okay very very good so I was saying one of the things I loved about your story was how god I mean it it almost seemed like serendipitous the way you went from uh, one place and then San Diego and you're meeting people so fast and everything seems to have happened so fast for you right yeah okay so let's go back to where you're from and then bring us up to where you are now Okay, um, so I'm from a really small town up north. It is called Yuba City. It's about 45 minutes north. Yuba? Yuba City, yeah. About 45 minutes north of Sacramento. Um, I was born and raised there. Um, my mom's from an even smaller town where the population's 5,000, called Calusa, and I spent half of my life there too. So, um, yeah, I started doing hair when I was 16, 17, and I just did it there for for about four or five years and then met some people at an event that I was nominated for an award for um, in Texas, behind the chair actually, and uh, met them in August of 2017 and two months later. So hold on, what brought you to the, actually I want to go back farther than that, why hair in the first place? 
well, being from a small town and having like the mind that I have, I'm, I'm very eccentric, I'm very like creative, and I didn't have very many outlets as a kid. Um, there wasn't as much to do as you would hope for, and so I think I was 12 years old when I first started coloring my hair myself, and I kind of got a little crazy with it, and it was and fun. What, what brands were available back then? Because this was early, Ooh, yeah, right? very, very so early. So like Manic Panic. Manic Panic was the OG, I f would say for sure. I think Pravana was the first creative color I dabbled into. Um, and sometimes I would use stuff I shouldn't have used because I was like 14, 15. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, Walmart, don't do it, guys. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, I was doing that uh, religiously like all the time, and it became really fun. I was kind of like a little black sheep in my hometown, though, because not many people um, would do that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, it just was an outlet for me, and I thought, why not make it a living? And I did, so. Okay, so I imagine that people looked at you weird. Oh, yeah. And they probably talked about you poorly behind your back. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think people do even, you know, now still depending on where they're from and what they are open to. But... Um, I almost, not that I liked that part about it, but it made it more fun to be myself because, you know, I think that it takes a, like, a really courageous person to be okay with doing something that they know not everybody's gonna like, which is why I love creative color and why I love the clients who let me do creative things because, um, yeah, they're, they're like little spirit animals and I just like live vicariously through the people who like to do what I do. So what's the difference between you as kind of almost enjoying the fact that you were I don't know about black sheep, but you were the uh, kind of the odd duck. How yeah. about that? Um, and people who are petrified that others are going to think something negative negatively of them. I think the difference is embracing it. Um, a lot of people are afraid to stand out or be different, um, and I think a lot of people throw themselves under the bus before anybody else can. You know, they're like. I know I'm weird, I know I'm an outcast, and I'm like, I embrace it. I'm like, I am different and I love it, you know? And I wasn't always like that, but I adapted to that very quickly. Um, and it's just fun for me, you know? Okay, so. all right, so hair was a natural outlet. Yeah. And then now bring us back to the behind the chair event. So why did you even go? You were a young hairdresser. Yeah, I, it was a few years ago and um, I had just started doing creative color within about six months of that time period. It was actually, the, the photo that was nominated was like one of my five first creative colors ever. Wow. And it was my first um, photo I ever nominated or uh, entered into behind the chair. And um, yeah, I was, I was nominated for that award about four weeks before the event, and I almost didn't go, but my dad, he is my biggest supporter, hands down, um, he was like, if you don't go, you're gonna regret it for the rest of your life. He's like, you just need to try, and so he kind of helped me out, pushed me to do it, and I went to Texas by myself August 2017, and I met the people who led me to San Diego, which led me to this event, which... Okay, pause. Yeah. <laughs> and so I thought of something, you made me think of something, the, uh, about your dad being supportive. Mm -hmm. Were your parents always supportive of you being a little bit of an odd duck? 100%. I think that even if, you know, people in my family weren't totally, um, I guess, supportive themselves uh, or didn't accept it at first or just thought it was a little different because I was really young when I started kind of um, adventuring into this, you know, creativity of mine. But both of my parents have been so, so supportive and understanding of me exploring. Um, my dad told me from a really young age, you can be anything you want to be, even an astronaut. And he's like, and now you're a hair artist, but you know what? Oh my it's God. even better. You're so. making me want to cry. Yeah, that no. is the cutest thing yeah. in the world. Because I have a little girl who's eight. Aww. And I, I'm very thoughtful about the way that I communicate with her. 
and the things that I encourage yeah. her to do. So that's very special. And I, I would have to take a leap, maybe not such a leap, <laughs> but as somebody who just heard the story, take a leap and say, that probably had a lot to do with you being cool, being the odd duck, right? Yeah. I mean, because if I'm not being like shunned for doing what makes me feel happy, I'm going to feel more confident about it. I'm a very confident like person. Just naturally, I don't really like shy away from a lot of things. And my parents are one like 100% the reason I am the way I am. And I like love them for that. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I don't. Shout out to all the moms and dads yeah. out there to take this as a huge lesson. 100%. I think it's so important because so often in this industry, especially the parents aren't a big fan of their kids becoming hairdressers, right? No. I mean, we, I hear that story 95% of the time at least. Yeah. And so you, here you are saying the opposite and I think it's had so much to do with your success in it. Yeah, I agree. I thank them daily for that, so. Okay, so um, the uh, uh, BTC show, you met a couple people. And then they brought you where? They brought me to San Diego. Um, about two months after the BTC show, I went to the Long Beach show. And um, I think I saw you there too. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the first night they <laughs> we were We went like, out in that club, yes, right? Yes, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, okay. That was actually the night. And, and okay. that's my model here tonight. Okay, I met her awesome. that night. Hello. <laughs> kind of crazy. Um, so yeah, they the first night I was there, they were like, you should move to San Diego. And I was like, for took like two seconds. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> And I went home that week, and I told my, I called my mom and my dad, and I said, I'm gonna move to San Diego, and they're like, okay, like when? And I was like, I think I'll wait till June. So it was about five months. I had to like, you know, uh, talk to my clients, which was super hard, and kind of get my life together because I had never really moved that far away. Um, and yeah, I moved that June, and two weeks after that, I ended up at this event, Lookbook. Right. So. right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So now what about LA? So I'm assuming that you moved to San Diego, you developed a clientele, you're, you're getting settled in a new salon and, and you're probably getting, getting along. Okay. Maybe not, but okay. And then oh, you're just going to up and leave again. Yeah. So that's probably my favorite part of this whole story of my life so far, which is also the most recent part of it. Um, so I love San Diego. It's such a beautiful place to leave, live. And people, when I told them I was moving here, they're like, you're was, insane. Was that a Freudian slip? It was. <laughs> such a beautiful <laughs> place know, to leave. I know, leave. I know, I <laughs> know. Such a beautiful place to leave. Um, so yeah, I loved it there and I was building clientele. And um, But I also, after this show, I met um, Anissa Ramirez. She won the collab with me last year. And I developed a friendship with her, which led me to a friendship with the people she worked with in downtown Los Angeles. And um, Leche. Leche. Okay. Yes, yes, Leche in downtown Leche. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, I mean, last July, after three weeks of living in San Diego, every single weekend I would drive up or drive up to Los Angeles, and I would either do attend a class, teach a class, or like go to a show. I would just, I was just more in the other part of this industry so in San Diego I was working Tuesday through Saturday behind the chair which was awesome but I would take my two days off and come here and network mm -hmm. and um, every single time I came here um, Leche would say so when are you moving to Los Angeles mm -hmm. and every time I would say I'm not moving to Los Angeles mm -hmm. I just moved to San Diego and then I think it was about earlier this year in March uh, Leche was like so when are you moving to San Diego I said let's go look at apartments and we went and looked that weekend. And Wait, he said, when are you moving to L.A.? Yeah, when are you moving to yeah, L.A.? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I messed up. <laughs> yeah, he said, when are you moving to L.A.? And I said, you know what? 
let's go look at apartments. Um, I'm going to do it. And we looked at apartments, and I moved about three or four weeks later. It was really the most abrupt, sudden move I've ever had in my life. But it is also the easiest transition, and I've never felt so where I'm supposed to be. Wow. So it's been great. That's I like amazing. feel like I've been here my whole life, really. Wow. Yeah. So San Diego was but a pit stop. It was. Yeah. It was It was a great pit stop. I met a lot of cool people, and a lot of my clientele actually still comes to see me, which is like, I would not I would not have expected that really? from them. But yeah, I think they like the experience. Hopefully they like me and their hair. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I'm really grateful for the people I met there, and um, I still talk to them. I still visit, and uh, yeah, it was, I think it was where I, I thought when I moved there, I was like, wow, this is like where I was supposed to be, and now I realize it was just the connecting point to get me to where I, I really wanted to be, which yeah. is Los Angeles. So. It's so funny because just seeing your post now and then, I would see Los Angeles a lot more than I expected <laughs> over the last several months. Yeah. And I, w- I would keep thinking like, oh, okay, well, maybe Paul Bright's like bringing her in or something's happening. She's probably working for somebody. Um, but it makes sense now that you liked it so much. Yeah. And so you came here even if you weren't necessarily getting paid. Oh, I didn't. Like most of the time it was just really because I, it made me happy. Mm-hmm. I think most of everything I do, the backbone is because I just enjoy it. You know yeah. what I mean? I think that the money is secondary. It's important obviously, but um, most of like everything I do, I do, you know, because my soul just feels it. So yeah. yeah. That's great. Yeah. So you got an apartment now downtown. I do. And you've got a uh, you've got a shop in Leche's downtown Leche's shout out of course. Yes. Um, and how long you been here now? Um, I have been here for just about eight weeks. Okay. Yeah. And all's good. All is amazing. Okay. I'm so happy here. Let's talk about what got you to this kind of El Dorado, this place that you think is where you should be now. Um, and I mean, it sounds like networking skills, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, I hate to say it in such like a nerdy corporate way no you know but it is it's networking skills i was saying this yesterday on a panel um that we did outside here and i said networking is a talent and you need to be thoughtful about it Mm -hmm. you need to put intention into it and you need to practice it yeah because most people when they go to a place like you know lookbook they're like you know what what is this place gonna give me what am i gonna you know get from this place and they just kind of hang out in the corner with the two or three people they know. Yeah, you can't do that. I think that networking ultimately changed my life. Um, luckily, I'm naturally a very talkative person and I'm very personable, I feel like, and I think that is a huge part of who is successful in this industry. Um, I always tell people it's more than just hair, it's the experience. And I, I think that that has taken me just as far as my talent has. Yeah. And I mean, it is a talent, like you said, on its own. So. Um, yeah, if I if I didn't meet them last year, I would not be here living now. So right. it's crazy. Right. It could literally be as simple as um, when you're walking by somebody, stopping and introducing yourself versus not doing that, yeah. right? And most of us don't do that. I love because, that you say that. Because it's kind of scary sometimes. You're putting yourself out there. What if they don't look back at me and smile and shake my hand? Then I'm a loser and I have to keep walking, yeah. right? Those are the fears that everybody has, those kind of basic social anxiety fears. Yeah. And it seems like you don't have them. So are you conscious about your networking ability or is it natural? I don't want to say it's natural, but I definitely don't think I was conscious about it. I think that's just who I am as a person. Uh, I mean, I've been that way like my whole life. And uh, 
I, I think that is something that just kind of, I guess, yeah, natural is probably the right word for it because it just is how I am, whether I'm talking to people who do hair or I'm just talking to someone I see in the grocery store, which sometimes leads to hair, which yeah. is also awesome. So um, I think it's a really great, great quality to have. And yeah. All right. So try to give some advice to the person who's driving down the street right now, listening to the podcast, like you were saying yeah, that yeah. you like to do <laughs> when you used to drive. From San Diego to L.A., you would listen to the hair game. I did. So think about the hairdresser who's driving in the car right now who it tends to be shy. They tend to not even get off the couch to come to an event maybe where they could meet somebody. Um, and if they do, because their friend dragged them against their will, they cower in the corner because yeah. that's where they're most comfortable. Yeah. Talk to them. You have to go for it. I think that fear kills more more than anything in this industry. Um, I'm terrified every time I come to these things, even still, I probably will be for the rest of my life because it is scary, but I never leave saying, man, I wish I did not do that. I always leave like, oh my gosh, I can't wait for the next one. And I am so happy I met this person, that person, that person. And and ultimately, I think that uh, if you don't get out there and do it, there's gonna be someone else who will. You know yeah. what I mean? I think that you need to take the opportunity for yourself and um, yeah, you have to just go for it. I'm going to tell a quick anecdote that I don't think I've, I've told for maybe a year and a half, but, um, but a, a guy that I got to know pretty well, who was one of the most successful business people anywhere, invited me to his company Christmas party. And, um, and I went there thinking, oh, you know, I wonder what kind of food he's going to give. It's definitely going to be nice because the dude's got more money than anybody. <laughs> so the food's going to be good. You know, I hope that the drinks are good, all that. And I went there with that kind of a mindset. And it, from a networking standpoint, I totally shit the bed. And I wasn't thinking about it at all. Um, however, I watched him, and I've never seen anything like it in my life. Um, beforehand, he, uh, he eats always. He eats before the event, you know, in this case, a party. Um, and of course, uh, when you're talk to, talking to a hairdresser, talking about a hair event or whatever, eat beforehand. Mm -hmm. um, because that frees you up yes. to talk to people totally. instead of worrying about feeding yourself when you're at the at the event, right? After you eat, um, again, before the event, uh, use some mouthwash, right? <laughs> Get your breath kind of nice because oftentimes people are afraid to talk to somebody else because they're afraid their breath yeah. smells. So, of course, how are you going to introduce yeah. yourself to somebody confidently yeah. if your breath smells? And then... I watched him, you know, some people say work the room or whatever. He spends like two or three minutes with every single person, like clockwork. I've never seen anything like it in my life, including like the servers who are working the party. Wow. He goes to the person who's shy in the corner and he walks up to them and introduces himself to them. And he makes a very intentional effort to do this. And I remember watching this and thinking, he doesn't have to introduce himself to anybody. Like, he's, he's relatively famous in that yeah. circle. Um, and people are dying to come up and talk to him. But yet, here he is, going from do 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 never getting stuck in a conversation too long, right? So he can, throughout the evening, he can pick and choose where he wants to spend his time after he meets everybody. And I will never forget that. And since that event, I've tried to be more like that. And it's, it's had amazing, 
you know, results for me. Yeah. What do you think about that? Well, one, I love how observant you are. That is pretty awesome on its well, own. And, and by the way, one of the reasons why I was so observant, unfortunately, and maybe this is the irony, <laughs> is because I was fucking cowering in the corner. <laughs> You know, yeah, all uncomfortable. We and need shy. for him to come to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that's powerful. I think that that is really important. And um, I mean, especially as a host, you know, even if you're not the host. So, like at these hair events, I mean, I try and talk to every single person. If they come up and talk to me, or if they've already like knew who I was or didn't know who I was, I want to make it a point to know who they are too. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty powerful. What if somebody said? What if somebody like turns away? And I, we know when you try to introduce yourself. I had an instance like that actually being the person who shied away. Um, I'm gonna like name drop real quick. Rebecca Taylor Hare. I met her at the BTC show in 2017, and I looked up to her. She was probably the first creative color artist I followed on Instagram, and we were both um, at that show because we were nominated. And I walked up to her and I said, "I'm Kimberly. It's nice to meet you. I love your work." Uh, and then I turned around and she's like, "Girl, come back here. Like, <laughs> you realize that we're both nominated like for the same event." And I was like. Uh, and she's like, yeah, so who are you? Tell me where you are, like who, who you are, where you're from, what you're about. And I was like, oh my God, like, holy shit, she's talking to me. And that changed like my life. Also now we both work for B3. I think we just got back from New Orleans in March and we like hung out. It was, it was really surreal. And I, and I feel really grateful to um, get to the point of knowing her on that level now because yeah. I'm like, damn, like that's pretty cool. So right. um, that experience on its own has helped me a lot for people who do that to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, if if she didn't, then I probably would have just walked away. And yeah. so I think it's important to be that person for the other person when they're not comfortable. You got to do it for them. You know? Right. I love how you walked up there, even though you're so uncomfortable. You walked up there and introduced yourself. You didn't know that she was the nicest person in the no. world. <laughs> no, she is. she is. Um, and <laughs> what's funny is that you had that like momentary bravery and then you like recoil. Totally. Right. <laughs> um, but sometimes that's all it takes yeah. is 10 seconds of bravery. And back to my kids, um, my son is relatively, he is naturally shy. Okay. And so I often try to encourage him. I'm, I'm like, just 10 seconds of bravery. You don't, have to, you don't have to be brave for the rest of the day. Yeah. All you need is 10 Literally. seconds, and then you can go back to being shy, <laughs> yeah. right? But all it requires is bit. that 10 seconds, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I didn't get my head bit off. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I think that is is great uh, lesson to teach him because um, you really do not know unless you try. So sometimes you do and you're like, that was so much easier than I thought it would have been. Mm-hmm. And that's how I am like with these events. Um, this is my second time doing a full design creative color ever. And I'm doing it in front of like a bunch of people. But I'm like, man, that was fun. I want to mm-hmm. do it again already. So um, yeah, it yeah. takes just a little bit of effort to make um, a long-term result, mm-hmm. you know? So I think that's and then, important. And then it feeds on itself, right? The mm-hmm. positivity feeds on itself. Totally. You get that 10 seconds and they're like, oh, that was awesome. And that, that actually feels really good that I was yeah. scared. And then I realized I shouldn't have been scared. And yeah. now I feel empowered, right? You become proud of yourself. And then, exactly. Yeah. Which is the most powerful thing it's in the world. It's the most powerful thing yeah. ever. That's what I say to my kids. Yeah. Again, with the kids, there's like a theme. And I don't. T- I try not to talk about my kids too I much. I love it though. You should. Um, I I always tell them that they should be proud of themselves because it's not so much about others being proud of them. Of course, I'm proud of them, and yeah. I occasionally say I'm proud of you. But it's more important for them to be proud of themselves. Mm-hmm. And the same thing applies to adults. It's one of the things I love about my stage in life right now is I'm seeing all of these things that apply to adults so strongly like distilled down to their most focused and simplest elements because of the kids, Yeah. right? 
All right, so um, any other like hacks or advice that you have for that shy person? Um, I think one thing that has helped me a lot um, because like I said, I'm very eccentric. I'm very like here and there. Um, my mind's kind of everywhere all the time, which is why I, I think that some creative people do really well in this industry is that consistency is key. I think that consistent actions bring consistent results, which is why you saw me here in LA every single weekend. Yep. And within a matter of, I mean, less than a year, I think it was about nine months, um, I moved here. And it's, it's, I think, consistency. Consistency, confidence, and connections are my three huge things that I like wake up and like remind myself of every day because those things changed like my entire life really and I mean in my head it's just getting started so yeah yeah I mean you're super young I, I 26 yeah so your 20s I was gonna guess 25 um, that's awesome consistently I'm sorry consistency confidence and connection yep did you hear that Donovan, Donovan's over there typing on his phone. Sorry. That's probably he's writing gonna, it down. That, 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 yeah, exactly. He's writing notes. That might be the title of this podcast. I don't know though. I You're like gonna it. have to wait. And yeah, see. yeah, we'll have to find out. Okay, so what parts of your work life do you like the most, and what parts do you like the least? I'm gonna start with what I like the most. Um, it's probably this right here. It's the networking, it's the creative outlet that I'm able to use on like, I mean, literally no boundaries at all. Um, uh, I think, I think my least favorite thing would, I don't, I don't know. I don't really allow myself to have parts that I don't like. And I think that's the great part about this industry is you don't have to. I think, um, the consistency, uh, confidence and connections, um, if you utilize those right, you don't have to have anything you don't like about it. You know, that's, um, that's nice. I yeah, like that. Yeah. I, I've done a lot of stuff I don't like and I stopped doing it. Okay. So give me one of those. Um, I did not, my first job ever was at Great Clips. I did not like a paycheck to paycheck type thing. You know, I, I didn't have, I mean, enough money one. I didn't right. have enough of my creative outlet and I didn't have enough time to do the stuff that I really enjoyed doing. Um, so yeah, that was one thing I didn't like doing. And How long did you spend there? I was there for two years. Oh my God. Yeah, I was there for two years. I mean, I started really young. I was 17 when I went to beauty school, 18 okay. when I got my license. So I've been doing hair for a little over almost seven years. So um, yeah, I spent two years there. Um, two years in a, uh, a salon with um, a bunch of other ladies and then I had a solo suite in my little hometown for about a year and that's when I met you know the people that led me right. to where I am now so um, yeah I think that there's many points I've gotten to where I'm like you know what this isn't what I want and I'm gonna change it so I think that's another important thing is to recognize when you're not happy or if you're not doing something that you don't enjoy and um, you know, find a way to uh, adapt to the change, like make a move and nobody's going to do it for you, you know? So yeah. if you're not happy, change it and then find the things that make you happy and just do a bunch of that shit. Adaptation is one of my biggest mm -hmm. things. I love it so much. I talk about it. And as a matter of fact, that, I don't know if I've actually credited him for this, but the same person I was mentioning before yes. is the one who talked to me so much about adaptation. He was Lebanese and he's a Lebanese American business person. Okay. And um, he liked to talk about how Le the Lebanese people have been so successful in the world, um, you know, as they, the, um, the expatriate sort of population of Lebanese business people have spread around the world, they've been ridiculously successful, if anybody looks deeply into it, and he credits it entirely with adaptation. Like, you know, you go to a new town and you think that you're a dry cleaner and you look around and uh, you try dry cleaning business and it doesn't work. Well, you're going to adapt because yeah. otherwise 
you're going to go broke, right? Uh, yeah. And apparently the Lebanese people are really good at adaptation because of their culture and their history. So I, I think it's really, really powerful. And I don't think it's talked about nearly enough no. as, as a really positive thing. Yeah. I think some people almost feel like it's, it's um, it's it's uh, admitting that you made a mistake. Totally. Right? I think that um, a lot of people, myself being one of them, I used to try and fight it. I would just like, if something didn't go the way I wanted to, I'd just try and fight it and it would make me miserable. Now, if something doesn't go the way I want, I, I adapt, I modify my plans that I had and I mean, it works out way better than it ever did before. So adapt adaptation is huge. I love that. And I think that's why you're 25, 26 years old and you're sitting here talking about how you've been successful. Yeah. I really I really think that has Thank such you. a huge part of it. Okay, so let's say that you could, uh, that you had one opportunity to redo something in your very short career or not do something or do something you didn't do. So you, you essentially you get a redo. What would it be? I think it would just have to be believing believing in myself on um, the level that I do now way sooner. If I could have believed in myself at this at, uh, at this rate at the age of like, you know, 18, 19, I can't imagine I might be 22 sitting in your chair. But, you know, I think that I, I started to really like put myself on like a, a point of like, you know what, you are this person, you do great things and you have um, a lot to give other people. And so um, I think I, I believed in myself a little too late with the help of my dad and my mom, of course, pushing me um, to kind of go for it. Um, yeah, just don't wait. You know what yeah. I mean? Like time waits for nobody. If you want something, just go for it. it it's either going to work out or it's not. But again, that's when you adapt. If it doesn't work out, change your path, try something different. So it, It's a scary thought that you could have worked faster you know, <laughs> than you have. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us um, what's going on in your head with social media these days. You know, it's changing a little bit, right? It's maturing a little. Instagram is maturing yeah. a little bit. People aren't growing as fast. <sighs> social media, <laughs> that's a big one. I think a lot of people care a lot about that. Obviously, it's been a huge benefic beneficial thing for me. Um, I think since last year, um, when I did the podcast with you at this event, I have gained about 40,000 since that point. So, which to me, was like a lot. I don't sometimes know how it happens, but uh, again, brings me back to consistency. I think that if you're consistent with the work that you're putting out there, um, that's really important. Also, quality over quantity always. I think if I don't have something that I feel like would be beneficial for someone who is on my page to see um, or that it has some sort of you know I don't know beneficial positivity or like message behind it I, I don't want to share it it's right. just I think that the it's also important to be authentic um, I think there's a lot of people who are just very like cookie cutter and it's just artificial and I don't like that that's that's my personal opinion mm -hmm. I follow a lot of people who I feel like are themselves who have so much to give and um, yeah they're consistent and they are confident with the work that they put out so it's important how do you teach someone what is a high quality photograph and what isn't because there's a lot of people out there who throw up what they think are high quality photographs and they're not um camera get a camera and get a great lens dslr camera yeah okay. yeah yeah um i have a canon right now i'm sure that there's many people at this event who have way better cameras than i do which i'm actually looking for a new one so if you guys got any advice let Talk me know to Andrew yeah i know i need to listen to his his podcast um but uh 
Yeah, I think that getting a good camera and investing in your work, you know, I've put so much money and time and, and stuff into my page on its own. And I spend a lot of time when I'm not working behind the chair, working on stuff on my days off to have more content to give other people. And also then it pushes my boundaries of stuff I maybe have not done before. So, um, yeah, I think it just you really want to be proud of it. Like, you know, take a photo that you're, you're going to see on someone else's page and be like, damn, like, that's awesome. Yeah. That can be your page. You can be that page where you're like, damn, I did that. Right. And, um, yeah, I started probably investing in, in my page a little bit more uh, last year and I got a camera and man, it has, I don't, I will never use my phone again. Even for my videos, sometimes I'll use my camera because I'm like, the quality is just insane. You, you can't, it's, you can't deny it. I'm yeah. sorry. So I remember your page last year. It was good. But it's become like spectacular. Thank you. And so it's nice to hear that that was kind of what did it. Mm -hmm. And maybe you refined your eye yeah. as to what you want to see out there, what you like seeing out there, and then you try to reproduce it, and then you try to probably put your own spin on it. Absolutely. All that's really good. Um, how many hours do you think you spend on Instagram per day? If I'm working behind the chair, maybe like 12 minutes because I don't have any time, but on my days off, um, on Instagram itself, maybe like an hour, um, replying to people, trying to reply to people, or you know, uh, creating content to post on there, or I don't know. I spend more time, I think, on my computer, like editing stuff and right. like working, um, working preparing on preparing the content. Yeah, totally, right? totally. So on Instagram, you're you're thinking an hour because we're gonna look at your phone and we're gonna see okay, exactly. Okay, okay. I would say maybe an hour. I think maybe an hour and a half. Okay. I don't think it's gonna go over that. If it does, I'm gonna be kind of like, Ooh, maybe I stay up too late, you know? <laughs> All right, whip out your phone. Where is it? Okay, let me see. Let me see. <laughs> Oh. oh, damn! <laughs> She's almost three hours a day, two hours and fifty-one good. minutes. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and have to cut back, guys. Don't do that. You know, go to bed earlier, take your melatonin. It, it's all those puppy pictures. <laughs> it is. You know what? Uh, I don't know. I follow a lot of people on Instagram, and I think I get lost in other yeah. people's work. And then I think that's what pushes me. I mean, there's even times I'll be laying in bed. And uh, I'll be on Instagram maybe till like 12 or 12.30. And one time, for instance, if like a month ago, right after I moved into my place, I was sitting on the couch with my roommate and I was like um, looking through like pictures and I saw this one thing that I was like, oh my gosh, it was like a black light with like neon lighting in the back. It was crazy. And I was like, I want to take a picture like that. And yeah. so was I- Was it one of Zito's? Cause he'd started probably, doing that one yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was a really cool shot. I, it may even just been like an editorial vibe. I don't know, but I saw it and it was like almost one in the morning. I looked at my roommate. I was like, I want to take a picture like that right now. I went and got my backdrop. I put, like put my RGB lights and my black light in the background. And I put on a wig that is like silver with a neon like line. And I, I took a picture at like one in the morning and I posted it the next day and I was like, that's a cool shot. So sometimes... Um, Do people like it? Yeah, I think people <laughs> did. You know, I think it's really important that you like it too. I, I think I stopped carrying a little bit I, I, I think that held me back a little bit is like wondering if someone else is going to like it too much you know I have to make sure I'm proud of it too bringing it of back course. to that so but yeah I mean of course I want other people to like it and um, they did so yeah. that was actually probably one of my most liked photos a lot, it's almost exactly like networking isn't it yeah. walking through it's, a crowd it not is. being afraid to turn to somebody reach out your hand and say totally. hi this is me yeah right it's almost like I'm going to throw out this is a I like this picture yeah. right it's not any shitty picture I like this picture yeah. and I'm going to put it out there and whether the person sh sticks out their hand and says hello back you know yeah. or engages back totally. or not 
doesn't matter as much. Yeah, that is, I think I'm probably more afraid of putting my, I was more afraid of putting myself out there on Instagram than I am in person. Because in person, I'm like, this is me, this is who I am, I'm going to meet this person, and it's going to be instant, like connection, right. or it's not. Um, with Instagram, it's like your work, and it's terrifying to put your work out there and have, you know, what could potentially be millions, hundreds of thousands of people seeing it. But, um, yeah. And everyone's going to see if it bombed, totally. by the way. <laughs> totally. They're going to know if it did or didn't do good. Totally. So, yeah. But I think you just got to go for it. So, What keeps you up at night? <laughs> my thoughts. Um, I, but it's really just ideas I have. I, my brain doesn't shut off. I, I seriously do take melatonin every night because it has to. Like, if I don't do that, I will be up for hours and hours and hours. And Have you tried anything else? Sleeping yeah. medication? Yeah. Um, I tried something different, but melatonin... It's like like natural or whatever. So I tried that first. See, but, my doctor my okay. doctor told me that if you take it too much, oh, then your shit. body stops producing it in at its healthy level. Okay. But I don't know what that is. I don't know if that's taking it for five years okay. or taking it. It's been it for, like two months now because before yeah. I was I was sleeping very easily because I was like uh, exhausted from driving so much. Yeah. But now I have like a normal life. I actually live and work within a block of each other. So nice. yeah, it's awesome. So I'm off at like a normal time and it's yeah. weird. Um, by normal, I mean like 10 o'clock at night, not 12. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll have to look into that. Cause um, I, I'm going to think of the name right now. It's a, it's a natural herb. It's My wife takes it. It's called, um, it smells so bad. <laughs> I mean, when she opens up the thing to take the pill out and then she closes it it's and horrible. puts it away. And then like one minute later, I walk into the oh, bathroom. No. I'm like, Valerian. Oh, I've heard of that. You heard of that? Yes. Yeah. According to her nutritionist and uh, her doctor and my doctor, they say that Valerian is better for you than taking melatonin over a long period, period of time. time. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to look into that. So, I mean, you might want to talk to somebody who knows what the hell they're yeah, talking yeah, yeah. about. <laughs> I won't quote you. It's yeah, fine. I got this advice. I got this medical <laughs> on advice a on podcast. a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if you could change anything about the industry right now, right now, this is the wave of the wand question. What would you change? Um, I would change the people that think that it is a competition. Um, community over competition is something that I preach and the people around me preach, and it is uh, really important. I mean, this is an example. This is a community of people who are here to support one another and to um, you know push themselves to do a little bit something different and to work together and to like help one another, and it's awesome. Um, I would change the the fact that there's there's people who think that it shouldn't or doesn't need to be like that because it should be and it and it will be for me forever so um i try and surround myself with those type of people and um yeah i think that was one really hard thing about where i'm from too is that once i started to get a little bit i don't want to say better but more into what i do i had a lot more hate it was weird. I was like, oh my gosh, I've never had conflict or anything in my life. And I started to do better, started to be happier and more successful for myself. And um, there was people who didn't really like it, you know, and it sucked. Um, another thing my dad told me at a young age, I'll quote that guy a lot because he tells me he's lots of, lots of good things, um, is that people love success, but they hate successful people. Yeah. And that resonated with me because I realized that no matter what I do, like not everybody is going to love it. So I just did it for myself instead. So I would just say the people that don't think that they can believe in others as much as they can believe in themselves you know there's enough success to go around there's millions of people in this world so yeah i mean we should all be supporting each it's, other it's not success is not mutually exclusive because you're successful doesn't mean that i'm not going to be successful yeah. right we're in the largest economy in the world mm -hmm. in the united states 
there are um, endless hair clients out there. And I say this with a relative confidence, but when Donovan and I go out on the street to do those street interviews, you probably heard one of those. Uh, yeah, I've seen them. I love it. The number of people who don't have consistent hairdressers or the number of people who don't go to the salon consistently is mind-boggling. Really? It is. It's a majority. And this is Los Angeles. Wow. Right? Yeah. So you see this and you're like, geez, like there's so much... There's so much stuff. There's so much, uh, let's call it, I was going to call it gold, and then I thought money, and then I thought treasure. <laughs> let's call it all, all three of those okay. things. Out there on the street, mm-hmm. you know, to be picked if yeah. somebody does things right. Yeah. So because you're successful doesn't mean another hairdresser is not going to be successful. I think that if anything, it inspires me. When I see someone else successful, I'm like, that's awesome. Like, I'm so happy for them. I want to be that happy for myself, too. Right. You know, and I can support them while, like, trying to push myself to do better too positive positive example i want to you know maybe i can learn something from yeah that, right and i mean that's a lot of the people that i like i work with now and you know they they help me so much i'm teaching my first independent class on august 4th actually and um it's going to be hosted at downtown lecce which mm-hmm. you know they're literally putting this on like for me to teach by myself they could have a class for themselves i could just be one person sitting in the audience and they're doing that because they believe in me and they like you know want to help me as much as they want to help themselves and mm-hmm. i think that that is probably one of the most beautiful, inspiring things that I have ever seen in my life. And I'm so happy to be surrounded by people like that every yeah. day now. So, That's amazing. Yeah. It's really it's amazing. Great. It's it's not really endemic simply to our industry. It's human nature. Yeah. There's lots of studies that, that are out there saying something like, um, you know, would you rather make, this was a survey, right? And they throw it out to 100,000 people. Would you r- rather make $50,000 a year if everybody else is making 45000 or would you rather make $300,000 a year if everybody else is making $350,000 a year? And just about everyone chooses the I would rather make $50,000 a year. It's true. Wow. This is human nature. Yeah. So not just not just us yeah, in yeah, this yeah. business. All right. Hair horror stories. Okay. I hear these all the time. I should have prepared myself for I know. this. I, I don't can't know. Be- See, I didn't I did even not cue even you. That. No, no, that's okay. Cue- it's okay. You should give me like... I just assumed that you were going to have one already. Hmm. Let me think. <laughs> so you've never been listening to it and thought, oh, I wish I could tell Eric my hair horror stories. No, but I just hear them and I'm like, oh God, that's terrifying. <laughs> um... Okay, I got one. And you know what's the funny part about it is it has nothing to do with color. It's when I worked at Great Clips and I was just doing men's cuts, which I did not do men's cuts. So me trying to get this job is, I don't even know how, well, I do know what happened is because I wasn't totally honest about it in the first place. But (laughs) so one of my best friends growing up, she had a younger brother who I would always do haircuts on since I was in beauty school. So like the age of 17, he was probably 14. Um, So I cut his hair for a few years. And um, when I graduated and I got my license I uh, applied at Great Clips and they were like okay well we need to do an interview and you have to bring a model and I'm like I have to do a haircut and they're like yeah I'm like okay that's fine yeah we can do that (laughs) so I called my friend Chris and I said hey um, I need to use you for a model but uh, I had just cut his hair like I don't know maybe a week or two before and I told him just because I had this weird feeling in my body I said don't tell them that I cut your hair before and he's like okay fine so I get there I set him down and they have to come and check in before to talk about what we're going to do on the cut. And the manager of the place and the owner come up and they're like uh, looking at his hair and they're like, 
who did the cut before talking to him? And he's like, oh, some other shop down the street. And they're like, oh my God, they did horrible. And I was like, oh my God, I just went beat red. And I was like, this is awful. And he Love just was it. like laughing dead inside. And uh, yeah, so then they walked me through the haircut. It was less bad than the haircut before. And surprisingly, I got the job. Awesome. And now they're if they are listening, they're going to hear it for the first time. And Chris is going to die. Because yeah, we talk about that all the time. Because man, I think even one time I did a haircut on him before that and uh, it didn't turn out great so I convinced him to shave it down to a two all over and it was definitely about <laughs> as long as your hair a few inches on top so oh my yeah God. he is a trooper and I love him to death I'll probably give him free haircuts for the rest of his life if he wants it because he went through quite a bit with me so yeah I'm gonna stick to coloring because I'm I'm real confident with that stuff so that's awesome yeah so um, just out of curiosity do you not cut I do cut. Downtown? I cut women's hair for okay. sure. Okay. I do a lot of long um, stuff, and I do a lot of like lob, shoulder length. Um, I do cut uh, buzz cuts, fades, but um, one part I like about this industry uh, also is co collaborating with other people. Yeah. So my model tonight, for instance, I had my friend Fade Master do her cut because I mean, yeah. I mean, it's insane. Yeah. The detail and I the know. line work is something I can't touch. So right. I can do something similar, maybe like two lines, but I mean, he could put 72 lines in there in a matter of like 45 minutes and. Right. So, yeah, I, I do it for clients, but for events, I definitely like to work with other people because then it also gives them an opportunity to show what they have to offer, too. So, mm -hmm. again, community mm -hmm. over competition. There so, you go. Yeah. Any last words for the community? <sighs> last words. Um, I think that I've said pretty much everything I, I have had to say, but I think collectively, again, to repeat what I said once, um, that consistent actions bring consistent results. I would not be sitting here right now if I didn't have that motto in my head. And I think that uh, you need to wake up, find your passion, um, and just kind of go for it. And I think everything else will fall into place. So. Consistently, consistency, confidence, and connections. Connection. Yes. Love it. All right. Thanks yeah. so much, Kimberly. Yeah, of course. This Thank you for awesome. having me. All right, guys. I'm back with Dutchie. How are you doing? Good. Next week's Podaloot will be a pair of Apple AirPods. Here's this. You can do it! That is a badass, or bad A button that sits on Daddy's desk, and it collects dust. For a chance to win, write a review on the Apple Podcast app or Stitcher.com for those droid users out there. The review has to include your exact Instagram handle so I know who you are and I can give you your pod loot. Make sure that you're following the Hair Game Podcast and Love Eric Taylor on Instagram and then I put your name in my bag. Every week I pull a name and I announce the winner at the beginning of every episode. You have to be listening to win. So you can DM me your mailing address or email address, whatever I need to give you your pod loot. If you don't win, keep listening because your name stays in my bag in my office and either I pick it or Donovan picks it or Dutchie comes to the office and he picks it. You can win any week on any episode. For complete details, go to salonrepublic.com. Next week's episode will be the barber panel I did at Craft Lookbook with Sophie Polk Stagold 31, Birdmana from Sharp Fade, and Diego DJ DGAF. Until then, have a great week. <laughs>